I have a bit of a problem. Um, months and months ago, I think it was in April, um, I was approached by ah, like a sort of like a a job funding program. Um, they basically go out and train people. It's a government program. Uh, they ran a landscaping course to train people on the basics of landscape construction and all this stuff. They asked me to be a part of it, but I said, there's no way I could do it. I'm too busy with work. Um, <clears throat> so they said, would you be interested in hiring anyone from the program? And I said, sure, I'll take five or six. <laughs> <laughs> I, at the point I was slammed with work. Um, and they called me back. They said, oh, well, they won't be ready till June. Is that fine? I said, yeah, that's fine. We'll take them in June. A couple of days ago, I got a phone call. He says, okay, the guys are ready to go. Do you want to interview them? And my schedule has a lot of holes in it because we've hired <laughs> two new good guys. And I am calling around finding work for everybody as it is. So I no longer have work for five or six other guys <laughs> on top of my crew. <laughs> How do I tell this guy that, uh, you know, maybe I'll take one maybe two but i'm not taking five or six guys at this point interview all of them and just say no they, they i got maybe one a guy out of the six that uh, i interviewed here that I'll do take. i interview them all at the same time <laughs> um, like that's... i don't have time for six interviews yeah but, but... like that's kind of like you got to interview them at least you could have them all there at the same time but they each got to get their private chat moment yeah. So make it a very complex interview process where first they have to send you a video of them telling you about themselves because <laughs> if guaranteed they're not going to do that and then uh, and then use that. I was thinking about putting them all through like a gauntlet at the yard where you have to like load some pails and then carry the pails and then dump <laughs> the pails and the cut a brick and buckets you know. off the floor. <laughs> I think, the melted flower pots you got to clean those up <laughs> i think that what you should do is bring them all out into the yard you have the pond right no we don't have a pond right now it's oh. we used to have a pond we filled it in we're digging a new one okay so i would dig the new pond and i would bring them all down to the pond and i would say whichever one of you can set up the three inch pump without any assistance and get it running. You got a fucking job. The rest of you fuckers get off my property. That's a good idea. And see who's smart enough to go get a cart and walk it down on a cart and not try to just outright carry it. And the first person that asks you, where's the cart for this thing? Hire that person. Anyone who walk goes over and tries to pick it up off the ground and drag it to the pond. You don't want them. You don't want them. You're right. They're not an outside the box thinker. <laughs> and then you can the call the guy. The you can call the guy up and say, listen, bro. If you're going to train people for landscaping, train them to get a fucking cart. cart. <laughs> I, I get out of these spoiled guys. Where's the buggy? Or I, if someone said to me they had lands. So back in the day when people would start, they'd be like, I've got a shit ton of landscaping experience. I know everything. You know, nothing. You're a fucking idiot. I'd turn to them and say, load that wheelbarrow in the truck. And you can oh. tell how much experience someone has Absolutely. How, they, how they load a motherfucking wheelbarrow. Yeah. If you don't flip the wheelbarrow around and pick it up and put it in, I got no time for your shit. 
yeah. you awkwardly try to hold it over your head. <laughs> We've all seen them do it. That's that is the key. That's the ticket. If too. you don't know how to load a wheelbarrow, get the fuck off my site. You have no experience, or at least be honest and say, "I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't even know how to load this wheelbarrow properly." Yeah, I remember one stand- time. Sorry, go ahead. You got to stand it on its wheel, spin it around, grab it by the arm or the feet, and then put it in. I've taught that to probably 40 people in my life. And when you throw it into the back of the truck, make sure the yoke doesn't go through the back fucking window. (laughs) Has that happened to you? Oh, yeah. It's a couple times. Yeah. That's how I know about it. (laughs) You throw a wheelbarrow in frustration and it's skips in the truck and the yoke is deeper than the fucking boom the window goes we have back racks on have I, it doesn't matter you can miss the back rack it's like yeah well, we also only oh, have you one have the screens no. you have the screens right there's yeah. like bars in between there, yeah but, to stop yeah. to stop shit like that from happening yeah. to stop people from so yeah if you bring them all to the site and say i want each one of you to load this wheelbarrow and the three of them that don't know how to do it say, you're good. I don't need you. The three of you that did, we'll move on to the second test. And the second test is here's this big pump. Get it down to the pond. And when the first two people grab it and try to carry it, say, get off my property. And when the third guy says, hey, where's the skid steer key? That's my fucking man right there. Or woman, whoever does say, that's my fucking person right there. That motherfucker. The person that wanted the skid steer key. Someone trained them right. Why the fuck would you carry that bump all the way down there like that? That's that's a test. That's a Paver King style interview right there. Although I've also had Paver King style interviews that were like, hey, you got any friends? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can you bring your friend out? How many friends you got that are looking for work? Ask them. You got two choices to where to work you either choose the jeans or the power ranger pajamas which ones do you choose (laughs) they're both great employees so i mean what's your accessibility to underwear (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what do you have for underwear we're gonna have spare shop underwear or something like that we're gonna have to i thought you had shit tons of work we do it's just not ready yet a lot of the commercial stuff isn't ready like we have schools to get going but you can't start a school till the end of june right we have a crew up in kingston at queens they've laid two thousand square feet of ten thousand square feet and they can only do that four guys with four guys we're i'm up in dunrobin building a patio actually i prayed for more work yesterday and today i got a phone call for sixteen thousand square meters of topsoil ditch work. So, I, I mean, I could use some guys there. That's those, in, those, those inexperienced six guys seem perfect for ditch work. Ditch. Well, have you ever raked topsoil in a ditch all no, day? Yes. It is awful. It's terrible. It's akin to roofing where you, you feel like you're on a slant the whole time. And there's... Do you know the first thing I ever did in commercial landscaping? What's that? So, when you're going to the airport in Toronto, not Montreal, because I know you don't consider Toronto Airport an actual place. Um, <laughs> there's Ranforth Drive and, and uh, Dixie Road. In, yeah. 
I was working at the garden center and someone said, we need laborers out on the highway job. Okay. Jumped in the truck out to the highway. We went someone, this is before pylons and stuff. So someone had dumped like, I don't know, a triaxial load of topsoil on the side of the highway on the shoulder with no pylons or anything. So we pulled over in our um, pickup truck and we pulled our wheelbarrows out and we, we wheelbarrowed that load of topsoil down the ditch of the highway across a two by four bridge and then up the ditch on the other side to the 50 trees that were planted. And then we dumped it out and ran back down the ditch. (laughs) Sounds all right. For some reason, for some reason I came back for more the next day. Not (laughs) sure why. (laughs) The second thing I did as a commercial landscaper, that was your gauntlet. See see if he comes back. (laughs) The gauntlet. Uh, the second thing I did as a commercial landscaper, which was like the next week, was um, we showed up in this park. And this was before people laid sod with machines. And there was like four truckloads of sod. And the rows that we were laying it in were so long that you could drive along with the forklift and throw out four skids before you got to the end of each row. And there was guys laying behind. And I just walked through the field throwing sods off into the next and then you'd start and wait for the next kid to thought and it was like we did like three tractor trailer loads of sod in one day which is like 60 70 skids or something wow where the fuck was caleb on that production rate <laughs> fucking crushing the fuck out of that oh. uh, that was when i concluded in my life that i wanted to be the water person because no oh, one wanted to, no one wanted to be the sod watering person and i was like uh, kind of fat and slow Seems like my kind of gig. Little did I realize how heavy hoses full of water are. And And also... You drag them like my fucking guys do. Drag them down the road. Oh, And then also, the other problem with being the fat, slow, sod-watering guy is that at some point, your fat, slow ass has to walk on the freshly watered sod to get something, as much as you try to avoid it. And freshly watered sod is soft and mushy, and you leave footprints. So you need light, nimble people, not fat, slow people. Fat, slow people make a mess. So I was not the water guy for that long. Because they also concluded that I was fat and slow. Nobody at the company I worked for wanted to water because that job meant you had to work weekends. Mm. You had to be the guy who watered on the weekend. So nobody got their uh, air brake license because they didn't want to water on the weekend. One time I was watering a park and we used to have like all these hoses and these sprinklers that would cover like 500 feet in a big, they were all like, you know, professional. So you would set them all up in the, in the pond, in the park, and then you would turn on the hydrant and you would run these sprinklers off the hydrant. You'd have like 50 of them in the park running and then you'd move them all halfway through the day and you'd water that half and then you'd move them all back for the next day. And so I was, essentially just sitting beside this hydrant for two weeks. And um, the cops rolled up one day and they said, Hey man, how long have you been here? I said, I don't know, like two weeks sitting beside this hydrant. I don't think I've caused any trouble. And they're like, Oh, well that house behind the hydrant right there across the street. I said, yeah, yeah. said it got cleaned out yesterday and robbed. Were you here? I go, yeah. I go, they go, what happened? I said, I don't know. Moving truck backed up. They opened the garage, they loaded up, they closed the garage and left. They're like, what did the guys look like? I'm like, I don't know. Movers? 
<laughs> I don't fucking know what they look like. Goes, but where were you? I'm like sitting here. He's like, what? Doing what? I'm like sitting here, staring at this field right by this house. Like, so you didn't pay attention to this at all? And I'm like, no, man, I've got important shit going on here. I'm watering the fucking sod. But it was amazing to me, the whole story really is that like these people came in the middle of the day. I'm sitting across the street and they balled up and robbed the house anyways. Cleaned out every single piece of furniture, a whole house robbed and gone. That's fucked up. It was it was during a weekday because those people are in prison on the weekend, right? They're probably in prison on the weekend. Guys <laughs> like, you didn't notice the movers? I'm like, listen, man, I don't look at movers too much because I don't want them to suck me into their moving cult. I'm already <laughs> I'm already part of this shit. And I'm really close to being a roofer or a mover. So I'm just gonna keep staring here. Like I don't if I see roofers and movers, I got like fucking tunnel vision, man. I don't I am a landscaper and I know what they think I, they could get me when a roofer or a mover sees a landscaper. They're like, they could be one of us. They could be fucking one of us. We could get that motherfucker. I know we could, I know we could grab him. So yeah, the house got robbed. This is when I realized I am not good at watching shit that, um, People are calling me at eight. I've gotten three phone calls since we started the podcast. I'm over 90 now. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, um, anyways, what's next on the agenda, Mike? Uh, well, I've got a couple of questions for you guys, just based right. on the conversation we've been having. I love that you take notes because there's yeah, no way. Otherwise, I'll forget for sure. Oh, there's no way Chatter I'll ever do that either. Never. Um. We were talking at the beginning of the episode about, yeah, oh, our daily routine. And you guys both have multiple crews. How do you guys, what what systems do you guys have in place to ensure that your multiple crews have the information that they need to start a job and continue a job? Like, do you meet at the beginning of each day? Do you give them some sort of folder? Uh, like what do you have in place to discuss the project, to discuss what needs to be done in the day? And uh, I'm very interested in that. You want to go first, Chad? <laughs> this is a job site. You know what to do. Call me if you're confused. And that's... <laughs> Do you give them a folder or something? Or We don't. Like unless it's a folder that has like your daily inspection log for your truck, there are no folders in my company. So they have the specs and they know what to do or no build it, make it nice. We don't have like all the walkways supposed to be four and a half feet by 30 feet or whatever. I go spray paint it on the lawn. I'll dig it out for them. Uh, It's about four, four and a bit feet or whatever. And then they build it like you guys know what to do. Like we're not set in parameters for jobs and all this stuff where things have to line up exactly and all this stuff. Um, So do you communicate that to the client? Yeah, for the most part, we're pretty we're pretty fly by the seat of our arse unless it's like a big technical project. But then I'm there, right? Oh, like, okay, gotcha. I like to be there for those things, like those pyramid steps we put up out of that big Roca step. I was there mm-hmm. for that whole thing. Just not that the guys couldn't do it. Just we almost get one chance to get it right, so let's get it right the first time, and I'll help. And then there'll be no taking anything apart and no chance to screw up and then 
whenever it's time to lay the interlock on the top, have at it, guys. Like, go nuts. Or, like, the tree guys, I said, here's the locates. This is the address. There's paint on the ground. Go plant the tree. Mm. Call me if you need something. You know, like, it's, uh, for the most part, I like to think landscaping isn't rocket science. So, like, the smaller jobs, you don't really have to worry about that. But, like, larger jobs that you're not on, are you doing anything? Or are you always there for, like, the larger commercial projects that have specs that you need to be followed and so on? Uh, the larger the larger commercial jobs are easy. Like, because yeah. there's more shit that everybody already knows how to, that's harder to screw up, right? Like, if they're planting 200 trees, it's hard to screw up 200 trees whenever you planted 2,000 trees last year. You know, like they understand the concept, they can do that, right? Um, big interlock jobs. I mean, you set the bars and then they're off to the races, and they can they can build that on their own, lay it on their own. Um, big retaining walls, they can do all that stuff too. Um, I don't make it easy for them to screw up, but they're also smart enough that they can think on their own and make things work. And I'm so lucky to have them for that, right? Like, gotcha. if I had a bunch of idiots, then yeah, I'd have to be on site a lot more. But now I get to bounce around and find more work and talk to people and and all that shit. And it's a it's a good place to be at right now. Um, so our commercial, our residential crews, there's usually a like a folder, and it has the contract in it without pricing. Um, not that I care that people know. I don't care if our people know what we charge. That's not my problem. My problem is that sometimes when people know what we're charging, they put a inherent amount of pressure on themselves to perform at a certain level to get a certain amount of work done. And I think that that sacrifices quality and crew happiness. I want them to be efficient and work as hard as they can, but I'm not looking for people to be crazy with each other over I don't think it's in the long term better, um, but they get the contract so they understand what we're obligated to do. Uh, they get a drawing for everyone that's on site. So each of the guys gets their own drawing so that they can look at it. And if they get sent to a part of it, they understand what they can do. Kelly instituted a lot of this stuff last year because she was project managing all the residential last year. Um, Nancy Green usually comes by. Uh, at least once every two days to check on the project to make sure it's following in the parameters of what she told the client. Uh, I come by usually once I try to come by at least once a day and Kelly um, tries to go by once every two or three days just to see the guys. Um, so that's how we do that because uh, I guess a lot of the stuff we do is complex and um, we use a lot of like I, the guys are up. I mean, they're 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 doing what I you would, I know a lot of people would say is a simple project, um, but they have a. I printed out the note with a picture of every single thing they were doing, a description of everything they were doing because I think that they just they like to have as much information as possible. So we try to give them everything we can. Um, they all seem to like the more they get. The commercial crew, like say they're working at the art gallery right now ricky has a full set of drawings laminated um and then he has access to the he has the project manager's phone number the field superintendent's phone number because the company we're working for has 
a project managers that manage the projects, and then they have field superintendents that take care of four or five projects, and the field superintendents are kind of senior foremen. So if you and a project manager is good at managing the client and the billing and all that kind of stuff, but isn't necessarily good at day-to-day solutions for on-site problems, whereas a field superintendent is more of a, hey, I'm struggling getting this rock down here. Do you have any ideas about what piece of machinery we could bring there? It's, and the field superintendent, uh, the client we have has uh, that we're working for has a 3D Trimble. So they handle all the layout with the Trimble. You call the field superintendent, they show up and they do an exact satellite layout of everything you're doing. So there can be no discrepancies. Um, so there's the project manager, the field superintendent, and then I show up, I try to be there once a day with Ricky is, I mean, what we're doing right now is contractual. So we're trying to plan how we're going to have our trucking and our assets involved in the project. Um, and then again, I try to give them as much info and Ricky and I have a meeting every Friday because we invoice every Saturday for whatever we've completed that week on a percentage of the project. Because I don't want to wait till the end to bill for it all. So every week we bill whatever we've completed as a whole item, and then we send that to the client and we invoice them for that. Gotcha. And that, and that way that works because so we have an invoicing meeting. Com- residentially, we do 25, 25, 50, I think. So Kelly invoices them at those points when that much work's done and whatever. So um, I'll probably give out more information now than I ever have before. I used to like, I, there's many jokes about how I used to draw the job on the, in the dirt on the side of the truck. And then they would try to protect the side of the truck from rain or any water because they would literally all go. I, I'm not even making that up. They would literally all go to the side of the truck and be like, Oh yeah, that path is supposed to go there and we're supposed to do that. Okay. And then they'd go back to like, I used to be on that level with people where I would, draw okay we're going to make a curve here and put a rock there and i would leave and then i think that the more information that we've like i last year each of them having their own drawing their own laminated they each had their own small laminated drawing and they kept it in their car and some of them would take it home and look at it and plan out what they were doing then because they're very engaged Um, yeah our crew's very engaged and they you know, they want to be successful. And I think that they, they know that Kelly and I care about them and they care about us and they don't want to, they don't want something to see something happen to us. So they're very, um, so they would take the drawings home and they would look at them and make plans and figure out how they were going to do things. And I, I think we've been more successful giving out more information than we were when I just fucking yelled at people and expected them to know what I meant. That's how we handle. And then the trucks are a whole nother crew for us. So I have, they, every driver has an Apple iPhone from the company. And then I, they each have a calendar in my phone and Kelly, Kelly, myself and the driver get the calendar. Um, And then I update their calendar every day as to what I've planned for them to do. And then if they get calls in, they update their calendar as they do it. And then Cody and I share our calendars because the bins are sometimes I'm like the triaxles are more like you go there, you dump the load, you leave, or you pick up the dirt and you leave the bin trucks are, you go there, you leave a bin and someone needs to fucking go back and get it. So Cody and I share calendars so that she can message me and be like, 
hey, I can't get that fucking bin from DPR. Can you get it? And I'll be like, yeah, but you're already in port. Can you grab the bin? Like, So it's like we share that calendar, but that's a whole different. And then when I get calls for them, I fill that as much information as I can into the calendar. And then they open the events. But if you don't open the notes, you only get to see like a very small portion of it. So they read that much and then they only do that and they don't do what's underneath it. And then I freak out. That ha- that may have happened once or twice, but they didn't. Now I say to them, did you read the whole note? Yes. Now they all do it. So that's how we manage the trucks is through I- Apple calendar. And then I have a calendar for every triaxle and every. So in my phone, I think there's seven. Ca- I have seven calendars. Plus I have a residential appointment calendar that I try to keep. So that's how we do it. I don't know if it's right, but that's what we're fucking doing. Next question, Mike. Okay. No, that was good. Uh, good information. Thank you. Do you feel like uh, that was valuable? I fucking fucked up, didn't I? No, that was that was good stuff. I uh, am asking that out of curiosity, curiosity, but also selfishly, uh, as I continue to go down this crazy path of software world. Mm. Uh, as, oh, uh, this is just for PK SEO bins. Do you have? How's your SEO SEO for bins? Zero. Zero. Are you talking uh, about like SEO for like on the website? Yeah, getting getting bin clients. Absolutely zero. I don't think we even advertise it. <laughs> I, did, I made some Instagram posts about it and we started having a bin business. Nice. I don't think we've ever other than us and our clients sharing videos, I don't know that we I don't know that we uh we've ever advertised so maybe we need some seo for bins right gotcha that's all my questions that's all i got that's all you got (laughs) unless i go into my notes from uh throughout the year i'll see here you got something no we're running out of time no what time do we start this thing uh 7 20 you got 20 minutes chad talk about something uh what do you want to hear about um how is the new uh, wrist twisty thing on the fucking eight ton? Oh, it's amazing. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's so much more powerful than the, the four ton. Like, oh, yeah. Um, like, I even like side scooping and stuff. Like, the four ton doesn't really like to scoop sideways just because it's not heavy enough. But the mm-hmm. eight ton will muscle its way, get a full side yeah. scoop and bail shit sideways. It's great. I, the eight ton hasn't left the yard since we got it but it has made so much money just working around the yard, like digging and piling brush and burning brush and burning pots and um, everything it does. is just incredible. So burning pots, burning pots. We uh, we're in the mulch sales business accidentally. Really? I think yeah, we got 30 yards going out tomorrow and we had 10 go 10 yards go out yesterday. And I don't know why. So did you get a bunch of bulk mulch into the yard? Yeah. Yeah, we got a, I don't know, what are they coming, 140-yard trucks? Yeah. Light, light bottoms, and then just poop it out the back. And yeah, so that's been good. I don't so know. So did you, uh, did you do some SEO for no mulch sales? No, it's been like, uh, so I got a client or a buddy of mine. He does the maintenance at smart centers around here. 
And he's like, where can I get Maltafen? I know a guy for you. And I uh, sold him a bunch of malts and then other little contractors and stuff will come and pick up some malts. Um, but I got to get a bucket that says exactly one yard. Because I feel like I could either be overselling or underselling my malts and I could be losing mm-hmm. all of my profit very easily. I agree with you. On that. Yeah. Like, so doesn't your case loader have a, like a one yard, a three yard bucket or a one yard bucket? Or? So I don't know how to tell, like, I guess I got to measure the thing to see how big it is. Um, I know my, my case loader has a 1.1 cubic meter bucket. So why so don't you just do the conversion on Google? Yeah, I guess I could. And then 1. I do 1. Cubic, what's 1.1 cubic meters in yards? I don't know, cubic yards. I think a meter is bigger than a yard. It oh. is, yeah. I just yeah. actually did this conversion for a job I was pricing. I think I have a... Actually, I got a Google I priced it open right now. I priced a really big excavating job. And I... I don't normally get like overtly nervous about pricing stuff anymore. I kind of like, I'm like, eh, if I price something and I fuck it up. It won't be the first time <laughs> if I price something and we win. Won't be the first time. I try not to get too excited when we win and too disappointed when we lose. Cause uh, that's just contracting. But this, I priced it and I was like, eh, am I leaving enough fluff rating? Am I leaving? Like, because it's a big, for us, it's a big excavating job. So almost half a million dollar excavating job. Wow. So it's you're uh, doing the excavating or you're doing the yeah, trucking. Yeah, we're gonna excavating. no we're gonna dig it out. We're gonna we're gonna get a dozer and we're gonna shove it all to one big pile with a one one foot cut at the dozer because we can't back the trucks in and dig right in the trucks and then we're gonna put a twenty ten excavator on top of the pile and we're gonna load the trucks. And then we're take just, it all away. And then we're gonna fill it up with uh we're going to put down a geotextile and we're going to fill it up with, if we get the job, we're going to fill it up with fresh concrete. Right on. Um, which was kind of neat that I did the math on how much fresh concrete we needed. And then I called Chris Remarns and I said, how much for your whole pile of crushed concrete? What if I bought it all? Would you give me a good deal? Which is kind of neat, fun phone call to make, I guess, you know, makes you I feel, like those calls. They make, make you, you feel, feel like, powerful. Yeah, like a big boy contract. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, would you give me a deal if I buy all the crushed concrete in the back of your yard? <laughs> um, which is a fucking mountainous. I think I needed when I figured it out after compaction. Um, because you that's where I start to get lost in the math is the compacted rate of gravel versus the uncompacted rate and the fluff rating and that kind of stuff makes me net nervous on a big excavating job because that's where you win and lose, right? That kind of that kind of math. And we all know I'm not great at math. So, but uh, I think it was like 2,200 yards of gravel or something, maybe 2,700 yards, something like that. So I think it's the whole pile for sure. <laughs> like, what? Maybe not. And then, and then I was like, what if, because I was timing the trucks from his yard to the job. But then I was like, fuck, what if he runs out of gravel? And it's not enough. Now I'm fucked. Cause now I got to go further to get, cause he's the closest access to gravel too, to this job. So I was like, Oh, well, I better start calculating it from the other place for at least some of it. And then I'm like, what if we don't need to go there? And now I've overpriced the job. It was like a, it was more complex than I thought it would be when I started calculating it. And I spent more time on it than I thought I would. 
And then I was <laughs> then I was nervous about it. So I told Kelly to put it on a letterhead. And then I didn't send it for a day. And then I recalculated it. And then I recalculated it. And I kept coming back to the same, close to the same numbers within, sort of within uh, 10 or $15,000 of myself, which isn't a lot on, you know, sounds like a lot, but it's not on, a, I think, a job that big. So I felt confident and I emailed it Sunday. Wow. But it was and a, when do you find out? Uh, the guy emailed me back and said he was going to put it up against the other prices and see where I ended up. We have to rent the dozer and the big excavator, so it depends how busy the other two guys are that bid it, because they both own that stuff. So, but they also, <laughs> one of them is probably not interested in it because it's too small. Oh, it's not. It's not worth. Dollars is too small. It's not worth their. Well, like everyone has a number where it's not worth your time, right? Yeah. Um, so for them to float it and shut down the other stuff they're doing, I would guess that most of their job, they probably don't look at stuff, much stuff under a million dollars. It's a fucking mm. huge company. Uh, and then the other company, I think I'll be less than them because they're just expensive. So we'll see. We'll see if it, I would like it to pan out. I think it would be fun to try it. See if my, to try. see if the plan works. Yeah. I think it would be fun to rent the sheeps for, I had to, you know, rent packers and ro- drive on rollers and hmm. have a grade yeah. person there all the time. Because if you start digging more than 12, you're fucked. You know, yeah. it's one thing on a 300 square foot patio to dig an extra inch. It's another thing on you know, 20,000 square foot parking lot to dig an extra inch. So control. GPS. Well, that's, I think that that's, you know, I think in the end I would, I have a friend with the GPS dozer, so I'd probably pay him and the stick and everything. I'd probably pay him to GPS that and then put a it great in the idea. Yeah. I'd probably save more money than trying to do it by like with the laser and a grade stick. And we've paid people to do that after um, the civil left site mm-hmm. just bef- to make sure that their grades were right, so that we didn't go dumping hundreds of yards of topsoil in areas that are way too low or something like that right yeah like it's a cheap insurance but obviously you can't put a line item for that so you gotta no but you're probably better to like I, you're better to, to include it in startup cost i guess yeah you know it's like we i include like a porta potty in startup cost we don't get to write in startup costs everything has to be absorbed yeah. into one of the um the line items for the job but that's what I take the startup costs and divide it amongst the line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we just don't get a line item for. Yeah. There is. Oh yeah. There's no line item for startup costs. For sure. I would, uh, I would agree. Yeah. That's contracting. Move all your shit for free and like it. Yeah. And like it. Yeah. Fuck you. Float it all in. And then bring it back. Cause there's one little thing to do or something like that, that you couldn't do anyway, because civil wasn't done with something. And, yeah. Civil wasn't done. All right, Civil we have 14, 14 minutes here, so I think uh, we should have fourteen minutes of silence. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all just shut it down, and Mike can come back. So, in, in this, this is your worst hour. So, I have some questions. Fire away. You're at Subway. What do you order, Mike? I'm gonna get the uh, chicken breast. What is it? 
those like chicken filet things, uh, oven roasted chicken breasts. That's what I'm going to get. And I put on pretty much everything with lots of Southwest sauce and some sub sauce. No salt and pepper? No salt and pepper. Oh, Chad, you're at Subway. What are you getting? Chicken bacon ranch with tomatoes, pickles, both kind of olives, and chipotle. Why are you getting both olives? One olive, like, are they that different in taste? They are very different in taste, and I'm an olive connoisseur. Okay. So, <laughs> um, not that the Subway olives are great by any means, yeah. but <laughs> I figure you can't ask for double the, the amount of one olive, but you can ask for both kind of olives, and they won't look at you like you're retarded. So. I am a, I'm old, so I'm a cold cut combo. Five dollar, heated, heated. I want yeah, it. Gotta be up. toasted. Gotta be toasted. Ah, uh, no way! What the fuck? It's like a crouton. Who wants oh, to bite into so a good. giant crouton? Oh, what kind of bread? Plain Italian herbs and cheese. White. Italian herbs and cheese. <laughs> I'm plain white cold cut combo here. I'm fifty fucking years old. That's because that's the only choice you had back in the day. That or the ham. Uh, I would get lettuce, tomato, green pepper, pickles. Couple jalapenos, mustard, sub sauce, and mayonnaise, salt and pepper. Mustard, mustard. I always love mustard. I love mustard, but I wouldn't. I, I'd opt for the uh, Southwest mm. sauce. That's good stuff. I've never. I get so confused by the amount of sauces in a subway now. It's just there's so many of them. Even when they're labeled, I'm like, I, what can you mix these? Which one is which? Just, I find it the whole thing gives me a lot of anxiety. That's why I always order the same thing. Mm. I, th- I think Southwest is actually the the Chipotle. I just mm-hmm. always call it Southwest because they always pick the Chipotle and, and spread that all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. What's next? You're at um, Swiss Chalet. What's your go-to? I haven't had Swiss Chalet for probably 15 years. I don't even know what to get at Swiss Chalet. So do you guys not have St. Hubert's down there? Is that no, a thing? we did. And then it went away. And they had the so, great sauce, man. Their Swiss sauce. Chalet is like the Walmart version of St. Hubert's. Mm. And that the St. Hubert's sauce is awesome. They're, it's their gravy or whatever it is yes. beats the hell out of anything from Swiss Chalet. Hmm. So we don't have a Swiss Chalet here. What's your go-to at St. Hubert's? Uh, six fillets and ribs. Six. What's a fillet? Oh, it's like a, it's like a chicken nugget sort of. It's like, it's just a fillet meat, but it's breaded. Okay. So yeah. It's chicken, a, chicken shawarma or beef, Mike. Uh, you're probably on chicken. I- you're, on, you're on an island. You can only have one. Yeah, I'd probably go chicken. I don't think I've ever had a beef shawarma, to be honest. Chad's never had a shawarma. What, what kind never of shawarma had a place shawarma? are you at where it's not lamb? Lamb is the option, the only option. I don't think you're I've had a lamb shawarma. You're talking oh. about a Don Air. It's still, yeah, but you're going to split hairs here. Is it, still, is it referred to as a Don Air or is it referred? It's not a shawarma anymore. Well, is it a gyro then, or a yeah, euro? A euro. It's a euro. fucking euro. Would you have you ever a, a euro, Mike? Uh, yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm going? What? If I'm at a shawarma place? Falafel. Oh, poutine. Falafel. Oh, falafel. Really? I'm a falafel guy, yeah. That's we vegetarian, just... isn't it? It is, yeah. Have you ever had yeah. it? Chickpeas. I've had it, yeah. It's fantastic. I do like chickpeas. I'm a. I I'm feel like I hate with chickpeas. Bywar from Strong Base's mother makes a fantastic falafel. He, he, she made it and he gave me the mix. And then we cooked it at home. It was fucking amazing. Dang. Because she's like old school falafel, right? From the home country. She's fucking awesome. She made it, was fucking great. I would go falafel. I would go falafel. All right. Here's the ultimate question. You can only take one pizza with you. What are you taking? I'll just go plain pepperoni and cheese. All right. I can respect that choice. Chad? Mm, meat lovers. No? All right. I'm a feta cheese sun dried tomato. Ooh, oh, tomato. <laughs> that, that ruins everything. No. Sun dried tomatoes are awesome. Really? What's a, what's a good combo is feta cheese, black olives, and chicken. I hate olives. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you just said you're garlic an inside of them and. Feta inside of them. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Would you have anchovies on your pizza just to no. see what it was like? I've tried it. What is it like? It's too salty. Yeah. Can't get into it. Yeah. What about pineapple? No. No? <laughs> You're just okay joking. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I like pineapple on pizza. Oh. That's... How can you not like sun dried tomatoes? What kind of person are you? Oh, man. That's. They're, they they're mushy in in the sun, though, or are they just dried? I don't know. They come out of a bag. I don't know how they but, were made. I'm assuming they were dried in the sun. In the sun. You oh, think oh. there's a giant rack somewhere where somebody is putting tomatoes in the sun? You think that's going to fly with the health unit somewhere? I don't I think guess. so. Well, how I do you think, think maybe so. they're putting them in the dehydrator? Yeah, probably. But then they're no longer sun-dried tomatoes. They're dehydrated tomatoes would you ha- eat fried green tomatoes absolutely i did love you a green like tomato to- did you like tomatoes when you were a kid me no yeah. never i've never liked tomatoes you still don't like them still don't like them like in a tomato sandwich or i'm like- just saying did you like tomatoes in general when i was a kid i fucking hated tomatoes and now i'll get them on every sub all day long okay like a beef eater tomato like a big steak tomato uh, yeah, I've had tomato sandwiches, like where you toast yeah. it and butter it. Yeah. And fresh tomatoes out of the garden. Yeah. yeah. I went yeah. through a phase where I ate a lot of cherry tomatoes for a long time because they're supposed to be like really healthy for you. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cranberry juice, leave it or take it or leave it. Leave it. 100%. I had a UTI once and I had cranberry juice that cured it. So All right. I'll take it. I like it. cranberry juice. It's fucking great for your kidneys. <laughs> this is a brutal twenty minutes that I'm filling here. I think I, we, I, we can cut it short. Here. I feel I feel like I am I get some kind of points for creativity here. You do, yeah, on yeah. the spot. Then there hasn't been a Caleb's corner for three episodes. So unless one of you's got some fucking, I'll drop some knowledge here. Know your numbers. Hmm. Groundbreaking. This podcast is fucking groundbreaking. You won't hear that <laughs> shit anywhere else. Anywhere else. So, hey, here's an interesting topic. I shared that thing of uh, Chase Gallagher talking about where you should invest your money and how you should invest in stocks and such. 
And your commentary on that, Mike, was that you felt it was created by chat GPT. Do you really think that or were you just fucking around? I was just messing around. I Maybe think he's not even a real person. It's possible. He's Maybe real. He... I think his university is probably not real. So <laughs> <laughs> possible he's not a real person. <laughs> so I think, Mike, when I read that, I was like, how much do you want to bet this motherfucker is getting that off chat? I think it was a really insightful comment, honestly, yeah. when I read it. I was like, how much? So there's a, a couple guys I follow and one of the, and the guy has the guy that worked for him. And all of a sudden his descriptions of the pictures and videos, like they were, they're fucking incredible. They're so good. And I messaged him, what the fuck is going on here? This guy, and he goes, ah, chat GTP. Describe a waterfall feature. 200 word fucking, in 200 words, describe a waterfall feature. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be doing that. I'll still be doing, hey, did you guys see my video today of the Porta John? No. The Porta Potty? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a Porta Potty company that really cares about you. Yeah, absolutely. You see it, Chad? No, I haven't. So the Porta Potty company has a hydration chart based on the color of your urine on the wall. Oh, I did see that. You're right. So while you're going to the bathroom. And I was like, man. You know, there's not a lot of Portageon companies that care about your health. Ninety percent of them don't give a fuck what color your urine is. If that showed up on my site, somebody would black sharpie in there, different names for all those fucking colors. Mm. Yes. Like yellow, like white would be like get back to work. Like red would be like something about an STD or something. I don't know. One time on a job site, so I used to work with uh, who he would now be known as my, I guess, ex-brother-in-law, but we're still friends. And uh, I guess that's how you describe him. And we used to work together. And one time in August, it was going to be the hottest day of the year. So we decided to have a dehydration contest and see who could go the longest with either before they had a drink or passed out. Could you make the whole day? That's a fucking awful idea. It was amazing. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. It was fucking great. I we don't even to... think it's legal. It was just a contest <laughs> between two guys. It wasn't like it wasn't like, like a, a it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't a company sanctioned dehydration <laughs> contest. <laughs> if you start to talk for this fucking story, you fucking missed out. <laughs> we used to do kinds of we had one time. One time we had a con- we were waiting for trees to come and it was December. So we we cranked the heat in the truck and we just smoked crazily to see who would be the first to open the door and get out of the truck. For like two or three hours, we just sat there smoking. So you couldn't see anyone. And it was so blistering hot because we had the heat cranked in the crew cab. We had that con- we had that contest once. One time we had a contest where we drove in the middle of the winter in a snowstorm with all the windows down and no heat on. And the first person to roll up their window was the fucking loser. And the truck was filling with snow and we were all, we all took our coats off to make it a fair contest. So everyone was just wearing a t-shirt and we were getting hypothermia driving back from a job site. You've never done this shit commercially chat. This is no. what commercial landscaping is about to make. Not anymore. You can't do that stuff anymore. Contest. 
You can't have a dehydration. Forty years ago, you could. I I only came on twenty years ago. Have a dehydration contest? Uh, Never. No. That's what that reminded me of when I opened up the portageon today. I was like, ah, the dehydration contest. This would have been fucking amazing for it. Yeah, we, me and uh, me and Andrew used to have a lot of interesting competition. I can't remember all of them, but we had a lot of like weird, interesting competitions. He he started working with me when he was like fourteen. We had him driving around neighborhoods, watering trees in a fucking one-ton dump truck with a water tank and a pump. He was like fucking thirteen years old, and <laughs> school was on strike, and so he couldn't go to school, and his parents didn't want him in the fucking house. So his sister so was like, "Get work. my get my fucking brother to work." Like, okay, you're you're the water guy now. Drive this truck around. <laughs> Fuck, that was back in the day when you could get away with shit. You did shit. <laughs> we used to have a rule. We're landscapers. We do whatever it takes to get the fucking job done. We're authorized. Authorized landscapers. Chad left That's right good. at the end. I think Wait, so. Chad, Chad fucking bailed on this. <laughs> we should both just fucking turn it off and say, bye, Chad. Should we wait for him? Or what's the story? Now everyone's fucking leaving. Oh, he's back. Now Mike's gone. Sorry. Wow, we, well, we were. About to I was just gonna let PK go by himself. <laughs> we're about to go off there. It's fucking. We should have a dehydration contest on the next podcast. No drinking Not, allowed for two hours. No one can drink. No one can drink for two hours. I would be dehydrated. I drank a lot during this. Two cups. All right, I are drink. we good? That's we're bringing it. it home. We're done. Yeah. This is the end of the podcast. In no way. Does the Not Our Finest Hour podcast endorse dehydration contests? (laughs) Have a great day.